You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life. I wish I could say that I made that video because that video was really good and um, and it chokes me up. Well, this doesn't have a lip. Every time I see it, and actually that video is really old. It was called Falling Plates, and it was put out like maybe like 10 years ago. And as I was thinking and praying about what to talk about, I was like, man, this is it. Like, if you're here and you've experienced this, praise God, right? Like, you're like, amen. And if you're not here, if you're here and you haven't experienced that, that's the whole reason why we're here. The whole purpose of this message is to share the hope that we have in Jesus, the promises that he gives us, what it looks like when we follow him. The fact that he's done everything, we don't have to do anything, it's, um, it's the very reason that church exists. So I'm going to pray real quick, and uh, thank you guys for coming. So Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the freedom that we have to gather. We thank you that, God, that you have done everything so that we just have to follow you, that we have to put our trust and hope in you. Lord, we uh, pray for our brothers and sisters who don't have this freedom to wear a microphone and speak publicly about who you are, that we can um, have confidence that we have that ability here when we leave here that we can share with others. Lord, we pray that we will continue to boldly share who you are as we uh, learn to love you more and as you continue to work in and through us. And so we pray for this word this morning. Uh, We lift up Tim and his family who is gone as they had a loss in their family. Lord, we pray for them. And Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen. So, my name is Mark, and I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking that I have that Bible verse tattooed on me that uh, Ben was talking about. I do not, but I might now that Ben talked about it. I might think about it. Um, that is a good verse. It's one of my favorites. But uh, my name is Mark. My wife and I lead a ministry here in Fort Myers called Ride Nature. We do action sports outreach all over the world using surfing and skateboarding as the way to share the gospel and make disciples. And... Um, we're honored to be partnered with Fort Myers Community Church. This is our home church. This is what we're a part of. And so when they asked me to share, I was, I was blessed and honored to be here. I did bring notes because I have, well, I don't know if I have ADD, but I claim to have ADD. And I will rabbit trail all over if I don't stay on these notes. And so I, do, I did bring some notes. I'm trying not to just read from the notes because that's kind of not that fun. But um, So we've been talking about the fear of God and what does it look like to fear God, right? And for me, um, I grew up thinking fear is a liar. You guys ever heard that phrase? Fear is a liar. It's like, no, don't be afraid of anything. Surf, skate. I would like catch snakes and be like, don't be afraid, Mark. Don't be afraid. And um, when you look in scripture, I really believe that that is a lie. That fear is a liar is a lie. That's a lie in and of itself. That, That a proper understanding of fear is not being afraid, but having actual reverence for something. And so we have a slide real quick, if you guys want to bring it up. This is a quote from Billy Graham, who I love. And um, Billy said this about the fear of God. It says, it is true that the Bible repeatedly tells us to fear God. Psalms 33, he says, let all the earth feel, fear the Lord. Let all the people of the, wor- the world revere him. Maybe it's not up there. Uh, But what does it mean by fear? We usually fear something such as a vicious dog or a violent storm when we expect it to harm us. 
In other words, we fear something that has no concern for us, and it is a source of constant danger to us. But that is not what God is like, amen? God created us, and he loves us, and the proof is that he sent his only son in the world to die for us. Would he have done that if he hated us? Of course not. To fear God is not to shrink back from him in terror, but to fear God is to have a deep reverence for him and to stand in all of his holiness and majesty and power and love. And only then will we love and serve and worship him as we should. And so the title of the message this week is The Path of Peace. And I wanted to start with that video because the reality is not everyone finds that path. And that's bad news, right? That, that God has designed a path for us to walk in, and he desires that we find it, and he wants all to have it, but not everyone finds it. In fact, Matthew 7.13 says, enter by the narrow gate. Think about a path. You walk a lot of times through a gate. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. But for those, and those who enter it by many are many that many people don't find the path of peace. They find a lot of paths, a wide path, a path that leads to destruction, but they miss the path of peace. And so um, if you guys grew up in church, if you grew up uh, with a youth pastor, you might have done this. The youth pastor would give you a Bible verse and you would turn to it real quick. And the first one that would go there would get a prize. Um, today, today, we don't have any prizes, but, um, but I am going to read a bunch of different Bible verses. And the hope is, is that these will be our direction to the path of peace. So first one, I'm going to jump to 2 Timothy 3.16. If you guys have a Bible, you can turn to that, 2 Timothy 3.16. And if you don't have a Bible, you can just write these down. If you have a phone, you're probably really quick at looking up Bible verses. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This means everything we find in the word is from God. It's inspired by God, and it is far superior than any words that will come out of my mouth. So I was like, man, if I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach from the word and the word as much as I can, and that that will be the thing that we talk about. Um, we talk about the five soles a lot. Um, anybody heard that phrase before, five soles? Soles, if you haven't heard the term soles, it is a Latin word. It means alone. Over 500 years ago, Martin Luther, he hammered the, uh, the 95 Thesis on the door of a Catholic church, and he said, hey, I'm going to simplify this belief. In the, in the process, he formed the Protestant Reformation, which was our breakaway from the Catholic church, and he came up with five things that our church talks about a lot. One of those is scripture alone, but it was by grace alone that we are saved, through faith alone in Christ, in Christ alone we are justified, we are created for God's glory alone, and we know this all through Scripture alone. Um, so much of what our church teaches, I believe, is really simple. The gospel, what we watch today, I mean, the simple idea of the gospel, Jesus doing everything, is not that complicated, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. And that's what I want to talk about today, because Proverbs 3, we will read it, and we will look at it, and we'll say, amen, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. And so, just as a recap, I'm going to invite someone to come up, and they're going to read actually Proverbs 3, 1 through 20. And I was thinking about who to invite up, and I figured I would bring up someone that's pretty wise. And this dude grew up, Matt's going to come up. This dude grew up in like the ghetto of Detroit. Detroit's pretty ghetto. Sorry to throw you on a bus. And I was thinking about the Bible verse that says, um, sorry, to, which one? Point it. 
All right. Um, Jesus says that we should be as wise as serpents. And so I was like, oh, this is the biggest serpent I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just Dude, trying. man, <laughs> gangster. Okay, Proverbs chapter 3 um, goes, uh, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good, good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. How blessed is a man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For its profit is better than the profit of silver and its gain than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are those who hold her fast. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. Amen. The word of the Lord. Good job. Pretty wise guy right there. I said it to him earlier, and he didn't think it was funny. Um. Uh, so if you missed the last couple of weeks, we've been going through those passages. Today, we're just going to focus on 13 through 20. But as I'm reading this and as I was praying and, and preparing for this message, it's, again, it's so easy to read this and say, amen, right? Trust in the Lord. I lean out on my own understanding. God, I give you everything. Uh, ben taught last week, for those of you that were here or those that weren't, he taught about the discipline of the Lord. And how we should love it because the, the Lord disciplines those he loves. And we know that his discipline is out of love and it's good for us. But we go through hard times, right? And it's not easy to be like, oh, yes, I'm being disciplined from the Lord. Like, but in the moment when you're talking about it, it's like, good, yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Um, to acknowledge the Lord, to give him everything we have. This morning, um, as we prayed with those that got here early, to talk about how our time, our talents, our treasures are all God's. We can say amen, but when it comes time to actually really apply that, to get here early, to serve, to clean, to sweep, to uh, give away money, to help support things, it's, uh, it's a lot more difficult, right? Um, King Solomon is the one who wrote this passage, and if you guys don't know this, King Solomon in First Kings chapter 3, he asks the Lord for wisdom. God asks him, he says, hey, what do you want? What do you desire? I'll give you any request. King Solomon asks for wisdom. He's considered one of the most wisest guys um, in a good way in all of Scripture. And I believe that he's writing this passage, which in my Bible is titled, Blesses the One Who Finds Wisdom, starting in verse 13. I believe he's writing it to people who have not felt the condemnation of God, but the conviction of God. And we know that condemnation does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. But conviction does come from the Lord. 
His soft prompting, his guiding, we have responded to it in obedience and we have found something, as, as King Solomon says, is far better. In fact, in uh, verse 13, I'm going to read this again. It says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her Verse 14, is better than the gain from silver and her profit, profit better than gold. Verse 15, she is precious, more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare to her. If you want something bad enough, you'll probably get it, right? Um, in our backyard, we moved in and had this crappy little shed. And for like the last three months, I've been telling my wife, I'm like, I want to fix up the shed. I want to fix up the shed. And she's like, for what? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's why I was going to get windows yesterday. Ben was talking about it. I was, like, going to get windows. And eventually, I talked her into it. She just kind of gave up. Um, <laughs> she threw in the towel. But if you want something bad enough, you will fight for it. And I still don't even know what I'm going to do with the shed. I'm just like, oh, this would be cool to fix this up. I told Ben yesterday I was going to turn it into a tiny house. He's like, what are you going to do with it? And I was just like, I don't know, something. Um, what, what King Solomon says and what he's saying in this passage is that wisdom should be on the top of the list of things we're pursuing. Like if you're pursuing wealth, you're missing it. If you're pursuing love or intimacy or all the things that were listed in that video, you are missing it. The promises that God gives us in his word far exceed the things that we think we can achieve or we can grab or that we can find in our own. In verse 16, he goes on to say, long life is in her right hand. Who do you know that doesn't want long life? Everybody. And in her left hand are riches and honor that they come with wisdom. In fact, King Solomon, he asked for wisdom. What does God give him? He gives him both. He said, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all of her paths are peace. That when I think about wisdom, I really don't think that there's anybody who doesn't desire it. This is how Webster uh, Dictionary defines wisdom. It says the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. But the reality is the wisdom that the world offers and the wisdom that the Bible offers look a lot different, right? Uh, the Bible says that wisdom is contrary to the world. Um, we've got a new daughter who's two months old, Willow, and Shannon was telling me that, and we're in the process of disciplining all the time. You know, we've got a four-year-old, not really so much Willow, thankfully, but Willow is sleeping a lot. But we have a four-year-old and a six-year-old also, and, and we're disciplining them. And Shannon was telling me that she saw the other day that there's a movement now where parents are being told and being encouraged, don't discipline your kids. Don't even tell them no. Like, let them make their own decisions. And you're just like, what? Like, what is happening, you know? Um, the world that we live in is so contrary to the word. The word and the world do not align. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. And when I think about the conviction that I feel from Proverbs, which makes it easy to preach on when it's actually personal to you, um, is that so many times I run to my own wisdom rather than the world's wisdom. When, when Tim preached several weeks back, he talked about the verse in chapter 9. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with, your first with the first fruits of all your produce and your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I don't know about you guys, but we've been getting stimulus money, which is kind of comes as a shock every time. I'm like, wow, we're giving us more money. Um, and some people probably need it. Um, thankfully, the Lord has been all right to us that we haven't necessarily needed it. It's been a blessing. But when we get money for free, my first instinct 
is what can we do with it? Like literally, like um, just this last month, they just started giving out the money for the kids, right? And immediately I was like, dude, I should get a new gun. That'd be awesome. And I was remember, I reminded of this first, and I was just like, no, like why are you thinking that way, you know? Like my wisdom is so foolish in the eyes of the Lord, you know? Like, and the Lord says, honor the Lord with your money, and then you'll get these blessings. And so, you know, the question I have is where we find our wisdom? Where's the source of our wisdom? Maybe you have just become apathetic to the idea of wisdom. Maybe wisdom sounds boring. Maybe you think that you found wisdom and it didn't pay off. You're like, no, I found wisdom and it, this is, I, I didn't get any of these things. I think that's where a lot of people are. Some people um, will say, I just don't have time, which I would say is probably one of the foolish answers when the reality is that we know what God promises when, us when we find wisdom. But there's a difference between biblical wisdom and godly wisdom, or biblical wisdom and worldly wisdom. Biblical wisdom, as you seek the word, as you look at the word and you study the word, is the ability to make godly choices and have godly judgment over good judgment. You guys can, can choose whether you'd rather have one of those. Biblical wisdom comes only from God rather than from us, right? Like the world would say, oh, you got wisdom, you gained it from experience, from mistakes, from knowledge, you read books, you gained wisdom. God says, no, biblical wisdom comes from me. It comes only through a relationship with Christ, trusting in him and putting your faith fully in his authority rather than the mistakes we learn along the way. And its goal is to glorify God rather than personal gain. In my mind, I get money, oh, personal gain. With worldly wisdom, right? I can do something with it. Um, so this is, this is the time for the Bible races because I've got about six verses we're gonna jump through real quick. And I believe that this is like the directions, it's like a roadmap to finding wisdom and to finding, as it says in this verse, the path of peace. It's the desire, it's the, the hope that I have is that we, I would be on the path of peace. I hope it's the same with you. Um, Proverbs 1, at the beginning of, of this writing, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is in Proverbs 1, 7. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That we understand the magnitude of who God is and how great he is and how wonderful he is, we will have a fear of God because we will understand his greatness. When we don't, we're like fools. We will despise the wisdom and instruction. If you guys got a Bible, James 1, 5, you can write these down or you can top, pop over there. James 1, 5 says, if any of you, this is definitely me, lack wisdom. It says, ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Amen, right? That when we lack wisdom, we can go to God, we can ask him, Lord, like I need wisdom. And the Bible tells us that God gives generously to all without reproach. Proverbs 2.6, if you're still open to Proverbs, just one chapter back. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding that God is the source of the wisdom we desire that will keep us on this path of peace. But how does he give it? How do we find it? How do we receive it? Uh, Psalm 119.105. Ben, how fast can you get there? Um, 119.105, if you guys pop over there, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. That God's given us his word, right? In scripture alone, one of those five pillars that our church is based on, our foundation of our ministry as a church, as a Christians, as believers, is in scripture alone that God has given it to us to illuminate our path. 
that the path we walk on, the path of peace, comes from us studying this, us reading this, us actually going to the Bible to say, oh, what should I do in this situation? Uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. This is in the New Testament, a little bit far, further to the right in your Bible. Paul writes this. He says, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, that if we're not seeking wisdom found from the Lord, then we're hosed. We're so, we're so lost, we're fools. The days that we live in are for sure evil. I think that they always have been, but it seems like they're just becoming more and more visible, right? Through social media, through the news, we're able to see the evilness that exists in the world. And then Proverbs 19.20, sorry to hit you back to Proverbs, but um, Solomon says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. That was Proverbs 19.20. Um. We're in Florida, so we don't get a lot of snow here, but how, any, anyone in here ever been skiing or snowboarding? Good. Yeah, a lot of people. All right, perfect. If you haven't been, well, then you just use your imagination. Um, it's really fun. It's really cold, though, and every time I think I love snowboarding, I go back, and I'll do it, and I'm just like, it's too cold for me. I don't know if I like it. But um, earlier this year, my wife and I, we got to go out to Colorado, and the day we got in, it had, or maybe the day before we got in, it had snowed 12 inches, and then the night that we were there, it snowed another eight inches. But the day, so I was really excited, but then the day that I woke up to go snowboarding, it was like 45 degrees outside. And the sun was shining, it was warm, and all the snow, was like all this fresh snow was melting, and as you were driving, we were riding through like this fresh powder, it was all real crusty and like almost even worse conditions than, than new snow. And um, the whole day, we were seeking to try to find decent snow. But the problem was is that I'm not from Colorado, and so everyone that knew where to go would get there first, and then you'd be riding through tracks where people had already been riding. Well, there was uh, one point where I found this little path, and the people that I was with, they kept going. Well, I darted in this little path, and I found this area of snow that was in the shade. It was under trees, and so it hadn't melted yet. And it was, like, so good, like deep powder, it was all open aspen trees. And the whole time I'm writing, I'm like, how has nobody found this, you know? And I'm cruising through. And then I see this little cutout that looks intentional, but I wasn't sure. So I followed it to the left, and it popped me out right at the lip, right where they were at. And I get down there, and I'm like, dude, I found the best path. Like, this is the raddest little run. And so it was at the end of the day. In fact, I think it was the last time we were going to be able to ride up the lift. And they're like, where do you guys want to go? And I was like, we have to go back to this little run. You guys have to follow me. And so they were like, okay, sounds good. And so we go back up the lift, and we come back down. And as we're riding, I'm like, okay, here it is. Follow me. Stay behind me. Well, when we get back down there, there had been other people who have found it also. And so there was different paths. Well, I remembered which way I went, so I started riding. And when I cut off to the left, I didn't look back to see if they were still behind me. And I keep riding. I get to the bottom, back to the lift, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and they're not coming and I start to get worried, and I'm like, I wonder if something happened. Did someone hit a tree, or did something bad happen? And so I start hiking back up. I don't see them. I go back down and lift. I waited there for like 30 minutes. No cell phone reception. I couldn't, I couldn't call them. And come to find out where I had cut it to the left, they went right. And it dumped out way at the bottom past the lift. It was like they had to literally walk back up the mountain. And they were so mad at me. Like... <laughs> 
they were legit angry. And they're like, you said this was so good. Um, and I said, well, it was for a little bit, you know. Um, but they had missed that path. And I share that story to say that if you're here today, the path of peace is available. It's there. But don't miss it. Because it's like you might get on this path that seems really good for a little bit. In fact, the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. When I think about that, I'm just like, wow, that's kind of scary. That we can be sinning and it might actually not feel bad. But the promise that comes from it is far worse than having to hike up a mountain for 30 minutes. These guys were exhausted, sweaty, carrying their surfboard or their snowboards, their jackets. They were mad. The, the destruction that comes from us when we miss the path of peace is far worse than that. That if you have found the path of peace, it doesn't mean that you're safe. That the enemy, the Bible tells us in John 10, right? John 10, 10, Jesus comes that we may have life and have it to the fullest, but the enemy comes, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy our life. That the devil wants to pull you off the path of peace. I was thinking about that verse or that, that song that we sang I was listening to it this week, and, and I was joking with Ben before the church service that the real song, like the actual version by United Pursuit, it goes on for like 10 minutes. It's really long. But when I was listening to it, it was like almost like I needed to have it pounded in that much. And there's a chorus in there that we didn't sing, but it says, I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. And I think that that's the reality that we live in, that the world that we live in in the life of following Jesus is kind of like a mountain that we have to continue to be reminded that God is in control, that we are letting go, that our hands are open. We surrender. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean out on our own understanding because when we do, we will follow our own path. So again, just to say again, it said this in the video, John 14, 6, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life that there is two paths that exist, one that leads to him and one that doesn't. That the path of peace promised in, in Proverbs, the fear of God as we talk about it, that long life is in her, in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor, says that she is a tree in verse 18, that a uh, tree of life to those who lay hold of her and those who hold fast are called blessed. That that's God's desire for us. And praise God, it's one of sanctification, right? That we don't find and God doesn't make us perfect right out of the gate, but he is continuing to form us and shape us and mold us and lead us and guide us to become more like him, not just like that we give up right out of the gate. Um, the solution and the goal, the hope, is that we keep our eyes fixed on Christ. So as a closing passage, one more verse, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. This is what uh, the writer of Hebrews says. Chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. It's like, man, we have so many things in our life that are pulling us off the path, distracting us. He says, let us get rid of it and let us run a race with endurance, the race that is set out before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the God the Father. It's really simple, but it's not easy. It's, it really isn't. Uh, to stay on the path of peace means to stay and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It means to not get distracted. I think about Peter, right? 
He's on the path of peace, looking at Jesus as he's walking on water, and then all the worries of the world, the waves, he looks around and boom, off the path. That that's what happens if we take our eyes off him, if we, if we fail to keep our eyes fixed on him. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and uh, as a final encouragement, final challenge, and this is really a plead, the Bible uses the word exhort, which is like a strong urge, is to continue to seek godly wisdom, to continue to seek true wisdom, to trust in the Lord with his word, that when hard times come, when you are being disciplined from the God, from the Lord, and your instincts kick in, if your instinct does not align with the word, do not trust your instinct, because our instincts are liars. Um, sometimes our instincts is good, if it's biblical instinct, maybe um, sometimes it's not. Stay on the path of peace, as it says, find wisdom and get understanding that God promises that if we seek it, we will find it. Continue to, continue to surrender your life, and you will watch the Lord come through with his faithfulness of the countless blessings and promises he has given us. And when we do, people around us are going to notice that we're on the path. And just like me snowboarding, they're going to see us, and they're going to follow us, and they're going to receive the blessing that God promises to us. Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you, God, that, uh, that you actually are the one that we get to follow, that you set the path that we run on. God, that we aren't on a path that we don't know where to go. God, but that you've shown us, you set the example, Lord, you've given us your word. I think about the idea and the desire that we would all run and walk and be a part of uh, the calling that you've given us, Lord, and you've given us the instruction to do so. Lord, that you're not a God that condemns us, but you convict us and that you lead us and you prod us, that you're our shepherd, and that when we're like sheep and foolish and get off the path and wander away, Lord, that you lead and you guide us back. Lord, I pray that every person here will experience the love that you have, that our understanding, our fear for you will be so great, the magnitude that our understanding will have, Lord, will continue to grow, that you are an unsearchable God, that even though we understand small parts of you, God, that we will never fully understand how great, how wonderful you are. God, that we will spend eternity with you, and each day we will continue to be shown how great, how wonderful you are, God. I pray that that's the desire of every single one of us. I pray that we will walk out of this place, and that we will, just like that song, we will listen to it thousand times a day if that's what it takes for us to just pound in our mind to lean not on our own understanding Lord that God that we will continue to pursue you and pursue wisdom above all other things that the promises and the things that we say we read in the word that we won't just say amen and say yeah that's good but that we will actually pursue it and desire it and live it out and chase after it Lord and when we do the world will be changed forever because of, from the overflow of our heart, our mouth will speak, and people will hear the good news, and their lives will be saved, Lord. So we pray for that right now. We pray for that for our church. We pray for that for our community. We pray for a revival in the world that we live in. Lord, I thank you so much for the team from Right Nature who's in Los Angeles right now that are leading outreach events and going to skate parks and proclaiming the good news, Lord. I pray that the, you will open the hearts of the people we encounter that wherever we live, work, or play, the places that we go, where our body goes, Lord, that you will go before us and that you will open the ears and the eyes and the hearts of the people that are around us so that when we speak, they will receive the good news, Lord. We thank you for inviting us to be a part of this. We thank you that you've counted us 
even worthy of even being given that invitation, God, that you are choosing to use us to proclaim your good news to the world, that, God, when we walk on this path of peace, when we find wisdom, Lord, I pray that we will hold on to it, that we won't let go of it, Lord, that we won't get distracted. So, Jesus, we pray and ask all these things in your mighty name.